This podcast is brought to you by Benjamin, a workflow automation engine that allows advisors to focus on their clients rather than data management. Learn more at getbenjamin.com. You need to delegate the things that do not make you feel good in your business. You need to stop doing them and allow for somebody else who that gives them, that makes them feel energized. You have them do that. This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. Katie McKenna, welcome to Bridging the Gap. I am stoked, really, really excited to have you on the podcast. We're going to have a fun conversation. We've already been talking and laughing a little bit before we even started recording. So how are you doing in Vermont? How's everything going there? I am wonderful. We're in the midst of a beautiful, like surprisingly gorgeous uh, thunderstorm that was happening. There were hailstones. It was legit. I will tell you that I was, I really leaned into the trope in that I was driving around in my big red pickup truck and while hailstones were falling on the truck. And I was like, okay, we're really in it. This is a vibe. This is a whole vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've been having that down here. I mean, when you have 104 types of, uh, you know, degree weather and humidity, you know, the rain just comes with it because it, you need something to just cool you down a little <laughs> bit after that. And the rains bring it. And then it brings the mosquitoes. I mean, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a bundle of joy down here in the middle of the hot summer. Uh, <laughs> even if this is recording in the fall or wherever, but we're talking right now in the summer and it's a, uh, it's uh, it's incredible. So I I want to jump in with you because you you're a you're a coach you're you're a public speaker uh, you're a life coach for individuals for businesses and you know you you talk about turning dreams into reality mm. and I I freaking love that <laughs> I just love it and um, I'm just curious about how you got to this point I'm always I'm always intrigued by people's journeys and how you got to becoming your running your own business and coaching and being a public speaker Matt I love that well I love that question and also just want to say thank you so much for having me I'm just so delighted to be here with you so the way that I got into this is really kind of wild honestly so I was 24 years old. I was working in finance and I had just started as an internal wholesaler, um, wholesaling mutual funds and annuities. And I went out on a bike ride on this beautiful October morning and I was finishing up a 10 mile bike ride. And as I was sitting at the stoplight, um, I went to go make a wide right turn so that I could see the, this beautiful early morning fall sunrise. And, um, Unfortunately, there was a truck on my left-hand side and it didn't have its indicator on And so an 18-wheel truck ran over my body while I was on my bicycle. Um, I was conscious during the entire event. So I fractured my pelvis in five places. I broke all of my ribs, tore up a bunch of my organs. Um, I was told by the EMTs that I wasn't going to live. I was told by the emergency room doctors that I wasn't going to live. Um, and in my mind, in that moment, I just kept on saying, no, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to live. I'm going to figure this out. Um, I went into 15 hours of emergency surgery. I came out of the surgery. And again, I kept on getting told no. I got told, no, you're never going to walk again. No, you're never going to live a normal life. No, you should let go of every single dream that you had for yourself and understand that there's a new reality. And <clears throat> the only thing that I could think, Matt, was watch me. That's all that I could think was there is a way for me to transform this negative into a positive. I'm sure I can figure it out. Um, I, as I was going through this journey of being told no, trying to figure out, trying to heal, um, 
having no feeling in my body from the waist down, I did what I had always done, which was I started to write. So I had been writing in journals from the time I was in second grade. So I began to write and I felt this like deep, beautiful catharsis. Um, It joyfully followed me in this journey from hopelessness into creating small, tangible goals for myself, achieving those goals, and then moving forward in these beautiful and amazing ways. The journals turned into a book that I called, that became a book called How to Get Run Over by a Truck. Um, Happily, the book became a bestseller, uh, which is like amazing. And when I would go give talks, um, people would come up to me afterwards and say like, I have a challenge. It's not as big as getting run over by a truck, but do you think that you could help me? And I was like, listen, I, I, I'm not a coach. I, I could try. I'd be delighted to help you. This would be really meaningful. Um, so I started coaching people and I watched as I took the same mindset that I had while I was in the hospital recovering and help people to institute it in their own lives, to take anything that they dreamed of for themselves and think about it critically, analytically, give them the encouragement, the support, the accountability that I didn't have and help them to change their lives in these beautiful and amazing ways. And, um, and from there, that's, I, I wound up, um, I'd gone back to my corporate job. I was working in nonprofits and then the coaching thing just started to really work. And it felt like I was fulfilling my mission, which when I was in the hospital, I was like, if I'm able to live, then my whole mission is to make every person that I meet, I'd like for their lives to be a little bit better for having me in it. And this felt like the most beautiful fast forward button in order to try to make that happen. I, um, I mean, unbelievable. Like I've never started a podcast so inspiring. Um, <laughs> I think, and we're only like six minutes in. I don't even, uh, it's, um, that is, I mean, what a way to turn something so potentially tragic into mm. something so inspiring that, I don't know how people can't be inspired. Like you're not, you're not human if you're not inspired by that. And I, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, I think back to that situation and you, you know, so many people could count themselves out. And I think that so many people would. And I, 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 I asked this and, and there may not be an answer, but you know, in that moment, like when, when I think about that, for instance, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, gosh, like how would I be able to pick myself up? I want to say I would, but dang, that's going to be tough, right? And, yeah. uh, and a lot of people would say, you know what? I wouldn't have been able to do that. Why in that moment is something changed? Like what goes through your mental state that at that point in time, you're like, you, you just figure it out because you talk, you hear a lot of these stories of people that were told they can't walk again and they do it. Like, what is that switch that goes on? And is there an ability to have that happen to people without having a tragic event? Mm. What a great question. I think that at first, and I'm not trying to tell you that like immediately I jumped out of bed and was like, I've got this. You know, it was, there was a sadness about it, but I thought I was like, either. I can accept things as they are, or I can do absolutely every single thing in my power in order to try to create something better than whatever this is. Um, I think part of it was I, I needed to at least try. And I had to make my goals unbelievably small, like minuscule. In, and then I had to celebrate them like crazy in order 
to keep myself motivated. I think that the biggest thing, and this is a, a little bit of a, a little bit circuitous, so please forgive this, but my, my father's sister was in a drunk driving accident when she was 19. And she unfortunately sustained serious brain damage. Um, and she also, she's, she never walked again and never lived a normal life. And I understood that I was in a different situation than her because I didn't sustain any brain damage. So I had, I had this amazing gift of all of my mental cognition. And for, for people like her or for people who don't have that gift, I realized that like I had to really try. And I also understood that if I gave up, if I just said, you know what, forget it. I know what it looks like when your family has to take care of you for the rest of your life. And mm. it was, it's real and it was big. And I understood it in a way that I don't think everybody does. And there was also like this beautiful thing in that my father, I, I'm blessed with incredible parents, like true, like joy machines. Just, I don't know how I got so lucky. Um, but every night before my parents left the hospital, and it still makes me cry. It's 15 years ago, but my dad, my mom would kiss me goodbye. And then my dad would kiss me goodbye and he'd stay for just like an extra second. And he'd be like, Katie, you got to promise me one thing before I go. He's like, will you keep punching? I know you're in the fight of your life and baby girl, you are getting the crap kick out of you, but you, you've just got to keep punching. You don't have to win. You just don't give up. And I think that that was what mm. maintained it was also the understanding of like, you don't have to win today. You just have to show up again. Just keep showing up. Like you're in the corner, but just keep your fists up, you know? And I think that that helped me in a lot of ways of, of just keeping my goals small and attainable of just showing up and, and not saying I'm done. Gosh, I just love that idea of just, hey, will you just keep punching? Just mm -hmm. keep punching. Just keep showing up day in and day out. And heck, you don't know what's going to happen, right? That's the whole mentality of staying present, controlling what we can control, doing all those types of things. Um, that just sums it up. Just to say, hey, just keep punching tomorrow. And then we'll see where we're at at the end of the day. And then we'll do it again. Absolutely. And then you know what? We'll lift our head up one day and we'll look back and we'll see what we're able to accomplish. And I think that that's just such an incredible uh, inspirational way of just thinking about it is just, you know, just keep punching. Um, and I think that's awesome. And that, that kind of segues into the, the next thing that I, I wanted to touch on because, you know, you went through something traumatic and you overcame it. The world, you know, and people are going through a lot of uncertain times these days, right? There's fear. There's a lot of bad news out there. There's always this noise. There's so much uncertainty that it's like overwhelming, right? You think about what causes anxiety, it's uncertainty. You think about what causes market fluctuations, it's uncertainty. Yeah. And there's so much of it out there. I mean, uh, and it's so easy to get to now. Like back when, you know, our parents were younger, it was hard. <laughs> they had to wait for the paper to be delivered. They had to read the paper and then they could see it. But like, and then they had a lot of time to think about it. Now it's just like, boom, 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 really quickly. How do you coach your clients and business owners to keep their head up in those tough times, to keep punching, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do you help them realize that they need to keep punching uh, as well? I, I, First of all, I just love that insight. I, I could not agree with you more. I think that it is so easy for us to press a fast forward button to anxiety and that if we want to feel upset, we can feel upset, right? And there's, there's very fast ways to get there. 
um, in order to create that anxiety and that lack of control. When I'm talking with clients and they're having an anxious moment, the big thing that I ask uh, for them to do is to kind of camera one, camera two, is understanding the idea that we have the ability to focus on whatever we want, right? That there is the, if we want to focus on the things that are creating anxiety for us or make us feel out of control, then we are more than welcome to do that. We can absolutely do that. Or what we can do is think about those things that we are, that we can control, what, what it is that is working, what are the things that we are learning so that it becomes something that is not so terrifying. It is not so overwhelming. It isn't as scary because we're seeing that what, where our energy, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. So if you are thinking about the things that are going positively, the things that are going well, then you're going to watch that build and grow versus focusing in on the things that are creating anxiety or, or lack of control or, or fear. So we, we build up in our minds this challenge that, we, that, that we're experiencing. We build up in our minds that something is going to be a terrible situation, but it never really truly comes to reality and it causes us so much anxiety. And I mean, I, I'm one of those that has that challenge all the time, right? It's something that I've been really focused on, uh, on overcoming, but I'm still not there yet. And so the ability to, to cover one eye and look through one lens, the right lens, right? Like I know that I'm doing it, but it's hard to keep not doing it yeah. um, because it's been so ingrained in me and in us for so long. How, how have you, like, are there, there are tactics, there's ways to think about it. How do you unwire yourself mm. from that? Because it is so, so difficult when you're just seeing it so often that you just go and you're just like in the, in the kind of the, the swell of the world that's going on, uh, that it's really difficult to unwire your brain because you don't have enough time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think, I, I think that the, that idea of the swell, I always think of it almost like a rabbit hole that you get into the loop. It's like, how do you stop the loop? Um, something that I recommend with clients is when you're really in the thick of it is you do need to take a minute to kind of like stop the swell, stop, stop the loop. The thing that I find to be the most helpful really is gratitude. I know that this is something trite. It's like, we're always talking about, about how gratitude can shift the way that we feel about ourselves, how we feel about our situation, but it is always the antithesis of whatever our anxiety is, is when we're worried about the worst case, what happens is we let go of the present. So a great way for us to get present is to name three things that you're grateful for very quickly. It helped me immensely when I was in the hospital because it shifted my understanding about the things that I could be grateful for and the things that mattered truly is that once you, once everything that you have, including like your ability to walk, your belief that you're entitled to be able to live. Um, you find yourself being grateful for very, very small things. And suddenly those big things that you're terrified about, they don't feel as big because these mm. small things take up a little bit more space in your day to day in a way that's meaningful. You know, it's, it's like, uh, I, I just think back, I just had a conversation with a, a, a younger man, a younger gentleman that was kind of getting into the workforce. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I just want to live a simple life. I just want to live a simple life. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, well, you know, I just want to 
you know, I want to, I, I want to just have a house, a boat and uh, you know, a second home. And I just want to live a simple life. And, you know, I'm like, that's not a simple life. He's like, well, <laughs> I'll have enough money to have someone help me with that. And I'm like, well, that's not the simple life. A simple life yeah. is having one home, uh, you know, a quaint home that provides you what you need. And that's it. That's a simple life. Yeah. And we're always in this mentality that we're like, well, when I reach, you know, a million dollars in savings and I'm going to be fine when I get yeah. this promotion, then I can go do this. But we're always delaying because we're never satisfied. And, um, you know, I think that that also keeps us from being happy and finding joy, right? We're always chasing that next thing in this like rat race that we call life. And, you know, I, I guess in your standpoint, you're like, well, I went through this tragic thing. Like I almost had, I almost had shit taken away from me yeah. and big stuff like yeah. walking in my life. Um, again, I think that like without people going through that, getting and finding that joy, right? How do you keep people grounded and understanding that this moment is our best moment and the next moment may not be a moment that we're able to take advantage of? Yeah. Oh, I love it. There, it's, I always say heaven is right here. Heaven mm. is right here. If you can allow for yourself to really see all of the beauty that is around you and also know that this is not promised to you, you're not entitled to anything. And, and I'd love to tell you that like having a near-death experience means that I never again, you know, have anxiety or that I'm not scared or selfish or, you know, that I'm always the best version of myself. I'm not, but I do have the ability to understand that like that a hot cup of coffee on a cold morning is a delight and I'm not entitled to it. I'm not, it is not promised to me. And I think that your insight is right, is that a lot of people who are, who work with a coach are usually pretty high achieving, right? They're mm -hmm. people who, who want to do better, are thinking with a growth mindset, want to create something bigger and better. And what usually our work together does is that I stop them from moving the goalpost and saying like, okay, a simple life is a house. A simple life becomes two cars, a second home, a boat, you know, staff to help me, you know, $3 million in the bank, whatever it is. Um, I think the best way for, for that I'm able to support clients is to remind them of the successes that they're having right now and what that, what that's worth right now. I think that our aptitude to believe that we need the biggest thing in order to find happiness is what robs us of our joy at all times. Um, so something that was very interesting for me is that the doctors told me I would never be able to um, uh, get pregnant. I wouldn't be able to carry a child. Um, and that like, there would be a chance that, that I would, you know, that it would end very tragically if I were to ever get pregnant. Um, unbelievably, I, I gave birth to a little girl eight months ago, um, happy, healthy, all of these great things. But it was an interesting thing because um, unfortunately I have chronic pain. So not surprisingly, you get run over by a truck, there's gonna be some, some debts to pay. Um, but every day I thought to myself, I'm so lucky to be pregnant today. I'm so grateful that I have one more day of being pregnant because I have mm. big fears that something big or bad could happen. Um, and that allowed, because my anxiety was really big and I just would think about, I'd go to sleep every night and be like, I got to be pregnant for one more day. Hmm. Isn't that miraculous? Isn't that a blessing? And every night when I put my daughter to bed, I think to myself, I can't believe I got to be your mom today. 
Mm. And that has been, that has been the most helpful thing. Something that I try to share with my clients too, especially many of them are financial advisors and of being like, think about the fact that you helped your clients to be more thoughtful about their retirement, maybe to help their grandchildren with their college educations, or that you were a person who people turned to in a moment that where life didn't feel that great. Money is awesome. Second homes are incredible, but knowing that you have had a real impact on somebody, that's the good stuff. That's the heaven, that's success. Mm-hmm. And trying to allow for ourselves, again, the camera one, camera two is just like really trying to think about like, what is that? Why are you really doing this? Mm. Yeah. And I, and can, I mean, congratulations on the, on the eight month old. That's gosh, oh, such a blessing, <laughs> such a blessing. I have an eight month old as well. And so I have, a, and I have a three-year-old, so I, I have a wow. little bit of both. Yeah. It's uh, uh, the joys though, is it's incredible. Right. And it's a matter of putting perspective in our lives of, of what really is important. And, you know, I love the gratitude aspect that you talked about earlier. You know, that's something that, that I do as well as keeping a gratitude journal every day and talking about that and keeping that in, in your mind. I think I want to, I want to transition this because you work with a lot of financial advisors, you help coach financial advisors. I think that people are silly for not having a therapist and a coach. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to have all of it because I, I just don't know how you get through it alone. Nobody's strong enough mentally with everything that's thrown at us from a day-to-day standpoint, but I, I want to switch it for a second because the financial advisors have to help their clients navigate towards their financial dreams and they have to overcome a lot, right? They have to go through a pandemic and their money's falling, you know, 30% in a month. And they have to help their clients go through, you know, high inflation and a recession and their portfolios are down 20, 30% at a time. And people are getting fearful. They haven't done that before. Um, and they're coming to you for help, but they're not necessarily coming to you to coach them or guide them. They want you to be there. They want you to be their advisor. And it's a, you know, when you go into a relationship and it's like, you're my coach, there's like one mindset. When you're my therapist, there's another mindset. When you're my advisor, it's like, just don't lose me money. It's not that I want to be coached. How, Mm. how can advisors use a lot of these things that you help coach people about and, and, and that come to you for coaching a mental strength, Mm. help their, their clients that may not want that, but they need it. Like you have to do a softer kind of approach to that. You can't be like, go home and do a gratitude journal tonight and tell them everything that you're thankful for. That just wouldn't work. Right. Absolutely. No, it would not. They'd be like, um, why don't you just keep your eye on the market? Okay, please. Um, (laughs) So I think I'm fine biggest, mentally. Exactly. Get off my back. I am, I am fine. Um, <laughs> the thing that I think that I've seen my my clients take to their clients has been the process of just sitting back and asking questions and not stopping until you get to the core of what is actually happening with your client. So your client is like, you know, the market is is a mess, and you're like. Okay, tell me, tell me why you feel that way. Well, obviously, like, you know, I saw on CNBC and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but, but talk to me about what's happening with your money right now. Is there any money that you don't have access to that you need right now? No. Okay, so what is the real impact on your portfolio about what's happening in the market? So just, and then going holding space for them. Because the truth is, is that they don't want your advice. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want for you to understand who they are at a deeper level 
so that they can feel like they don't have to carry it all. And that's, I think the biggest part of it is being patient and holding space for your clients when things get scary. Being heard, right? And like that, if you think about it, like they just don't want to be alone. They want to know that they're not in it alone. And if you, if you scale it, if you just like peel it back another layer, that's at the root of everybody that has anxiety. Mm-hmm. They just want to know that they're not alone. We build in this mindset that everybody else is great. We, you know, you think about imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. you're like, what the hell am I doing having this conversation with you? Like, you're so much further ahead than me, right? Like, I, what yeah. am I doing, right? Totally. Um, and we all have that. And, and that's what our clients are having. And, you know, I think that there's such an opportunity. I always use the example of like, you go into a doctor and you've been to many of them and they're like, Oh, you, you're going to be fine. You're like, no, I'm really coughing really bad. Like I've never had a feeling like this. Like, I think I'm dying. And like, no, you're going to be fine. Just go home and rest. And you're like, they don't give you any explanation and you're just very uncertain. And as an advisor, we have the ability to give an explanation. And so as you're asking questions, right. And as you're helping to communicate to these individuals that they are going to be okay and that they are not alone, you start by asking questions. But I think that people are really bad at asking questions because they're trying to guide them to an answer that they want. I'm curious to your side because you, your job is to ask questions. And now I'm asking you questions, which is also a fun <laughs> flip of the table. It's fantastic. Is um, What goes into a good, really thoughtful question that can help people come to the realization on their own, as opposed to feeling that you're telling them mm. to come to some realization? I love that. That is fantastic. The best question in all of coaching is... Tell me more. <laughs> there is I more. laugh because I, you're like my coach. I mean, I have a coach and a therapist. And <laughs> tell me more. And I'm like, well, I told you everything that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. But go into that. Why is that such a good question? And how often do you ask you? Like, I could say, tell me more all the time. Tell me more. Absolutely. Me more. I'm, you know it, and I will. Um, <laughs> so tell me more. The reason why tell me more is such a good question is because when, when you ask me something, if I'm a little bit more reserved, um, I'll give you the answer that I think you want to hear. You know, what, why are you worried about the markets? I'm worried because, you know, I'm, I'm close to retirement age and I'm, I'm concerned about losing money. Tell me more. That once, because they think that they're done, they've given you the answer that they think that you want or the answer that, that is at the surface. When someone says, tell me more, what they're doing is they're, they're saying like, I don't want just this bullshit first layer answer. I want you to be real with me. Like I care. I'm not here just for us to have some small talk. Let's get deep. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that when the times when I ask people to tell me more is when I know that, that there's, there's more to it, you know, that, that maybe with my clients, it's usually something around like a feeling that they have an insecurity, um, something that had happened in their past that's, that's blocking them right now. I think with our clients that they're, it's the fears that they're not comfortable saying and that they don't think that people have space for, um, or it's something that they don't even know yet because no one's ever asked them. Mm. And it's, uh, and we're in an industry where we feel, we believe as advisors, we as advisors, I think that we believe that we are 
hired to provide answers. People come to us because they want answers and we have to fix the problem as opposed to listen to the problem, which is such a hard thing to overcome. Right. I think, and, and like, I want to ask you, because I mean, I think I, I, I have such high respect for coaches and therapists that, you know, they have to sit there and just listen to people all day. Like it's gotta be hard. So, you know, for someone like an advisor who should be a therapist, I tell when I, when I was working with clients directly, I said to my clients, my 90% of my job is psychology. 10% is investment management. That 10% is so easy. The therapist job is hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I got to go home and then I, you know, my wife doesn't want to hear about all my issues either. Like I just, she was like, and rightfully so, like she doesn't need to, I don't need to be telling her all of them. Um, <laughs> And I'm bearing, you know, all of my clients issues. So yeah. to, to sit there and just listen and not, and, and avoid that, that thing in your brain, that person in your brain telling you, you should fix this. You know how to fix it. Tell them what to do. How do you overcome that voice in your head so that you can just sit there and listen, which is mm. probably the best medicine for your clients? I think that the greatest gift we can give to each other is our undivided attention. And part of it's just me being willing to be very, very present with them. And I think on top of that, the other piece is like, although I, I listen, what I also do is the, my clients um, are always, they tease me because I'm always like, I'm just going to reflect back to you what you said. Just let, I want to let you know what I heard. And can you let me know if this is what you meant or felt? Does this, does this resonate? Does this feel right to you? That also helps me a lot, I think, because I'm listening, but I'm also showing that I'm analyzing and understanding them. And that allows for them to not just speak, but also to hear, but without me trying to direct them anywhere. Um, mm. when, when we're talking about like how much we want to, how much we carry you know, from our clients, whether you're an advisor, a coach, a therapist, um, there is so much that like I wind up I hold, I hold for them. I can't help myself, but hold it because I want so much for, for them to be successful and for them to thrive. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is knowing that like with every time that people are able to verbally process what they're going through, they can create their own aha moments. And that if we're giving them that gift of our full undivided attention in this time when like everything is trying to take all of our attention all the time, um, it's, it really is a gift. Trying to think about that as like a gift that I can give to somebody helps me to stay present, to keep listening and to know that we're creating something meaningful for them in this moment. That you are helping them by listening, right? Yeah, You're fixing absolutely. them by listening, totally. which is incredible. Yeah. And also that my solution, my solution, the thing that I think that they should do, I don't, that might not be true. You know, I'm not inside, I'm not inside their inner world. I can ask them so many questions, but it is so beautiful to watch someone come to their own conclusion and figure out how to heal themselves to be, I call it solution engineering. You know, that's, mm. that's what we're doing is you're figuring out the solution that makes sense for you. The best moment is, you know, it's a question that I'm, a lot of advisors I know ask at the end of the meeting, like, what did you take away from this? What are the, what are the next steps that you want to take? What feels good for you? And you being able to like kind of midwife that is so beautiful. It's just, it's such a gift. It, it's, it's such a delight, really. Obviously, That's I hate my job. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You're you're really not. I mean, you should get some more passion. Absolutely, um, I know. Seriously, in, in what you're I'm doing, just, uh, you know, just just waiting for a paycheck. You know, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so I want to ask one more question before I ask my two. I mean, we could talk for hours. I mean, this is something that I'm really passionate about and I, I believe in. And I think that you're so uh, you are so knowledgeable about that. I've learned so much already is um, so one of my business partners, he uh, he's written some books about happy retirees and it's and he's got a, a great podcast about retire sooner and it's all about happy. And I'm curious from your side, and I always like to ask coaches this, um, and, and also therapists and psychologists and everybody, because I'm re really intrigued by it is, you know, what is that you've seen from your clients, the driver of happiness, everybody's striving for happiness. Am I happy? Am I not? I'm not happy. I am happy. What is a deep down driver that makes or creates, I guess, an individual's happiness? Mm. So interesting. I, I don't know if you've heard this before, and this is something new that I've read recently. So please forgive it. Still, I'm still in the midst of, of building this in my own mind, but um, this idea that the opposite of depression is not happiness. It's actually vitality. Mm. It is, it's feeling invigorated. It's feeling um, joyful. It is feeling calm and rested and good. Um, so I, I kind of don't recommend that people chase happiness because I find it to be fleeting. I think satisfaction or vitality is something that, an energy, right? That's what I think that we should be chasing. So what I think a driver of energy is moving towards the things that make you feel good, where you know that you're having an impact, whether that's, so a lot of clients that I work with, they're solo entrepreneurs, it's just them and then their team as as financial advisors, I'm like, you need to delegate the things that do not make you feel good in your business. You need to stop doing them and allow for somebody else who that gives them, that makes them feel energized. You have them do that. that mm -hmm. That's something that will drive you. Don't keep getting bogged down in doing things that are not good for you. Um, I also will say part of the reason why we moved from Brooklyn to Vermont is like a driver of happiness is, is putting yourself in the way of nature, putting yourself in the way of beauty um, and trying to find those moments in life that are just for you, where you're not thinking about your clients, you're not thinking about your family, you're not, and not in a bad way, but like you're a little bit selfish. So don't take on the world problems, take a minute, find mm -hmm. a way to feel energized. Um, and I think that that's the biggest challenge for so many people in a service business is you're always thinking about everybody else. So taking a moment to be like, what, what is it that makes me feel revitalized? What gives me energy? Yeah, I, I, I have not heard that before. And I, I absolutely love it. And I, I think that, you know, what it reminds me of is, you know, the concept of, of, you know, growth mindset versus fixed mindset, which has been something I've been passionate about recently uh, through some readings. And, you know, we grew up in the society that fixed mindset is always what we think is makes us happy. Like, let's go get that trophy. Let's go get that promotion. Let's go make that, uh, you know, let's go on that trip. Let's go do that. And we go do it. And we like, to your point, what you just said, like happiness is fleeting. It's not there. The people that have true happiness that I've seen, I think is the people that really just enjoy the process. They may not like everything they do in the process, but they just love that process. And it's something that I've realized in myself as well as that, like, I had that fixed mindset. I was just trying to go get that next thing to make me happy. And I was always wondering why I wasn't so happy. And it was because I enjoyed the, the outcome as opposed to the process. And you've got to change that, men that mentality, I think, uh, to really enjoy the process of it and let nature, as you're saying, 
play itself out and uh, and going with it and controlling what it is. But that I, I love that opposite of depression is vitality. I mean, that's just so, that's so good. That's just what it is, right? That's right. That's right it's up there. It's been so helpful for me. And I think kind of, as you said, Matt, like even at the beginning of our conversation of like, it's a really heavy time. Things are, things are heavy. It's, there's a lot happening where everybody, so many people, I've got new clients coming in. I've got old clients who like, don't ever leave. People are in the thick of it. And if you are looking for that one grand, bright, sparkly thing to happen, you are deferring joy for so long. So you're exactly right. Try to find, find those moments of, of growth as, as, as a meaningful piece of your life of it's not the destination, Mm -hmm. it's the journey that you're on. And also to find the time to celebrate right now, you know, that this is a very small recommendation, but, um, something that I've been finding, I've been doing three gratitude and then five yay me's, which is five things that you did in the last day that you feel proud of. And they are, they can be incredibly small. Like you made dinner for your family. Yay me. And you have to actually write it down and then put dash yay me in capital letters with an exclamation point. <laughs> five things. That's, I mean, that could take some people a long time. I mean, I'd, I'd have to probably go to like, I brush my teeth. Yay me. Like Listen, that's dental thing. health is important, Matt. It that is. is a moment. I don't want to be wearing dentures when I'm 80 years old. If I get to I mean, 80, but I don't want to wear them. You're going to get So I might as well take care of myself now. Absolutely. And that's the thing though, is that you start, the reason why the yay me's are helpful and the five, even though five feels like a lot, is that once you start doing, doing it, you start thinking about what are the things that I'm going to feel proud of tomorrow. So you start to celebrate them even then, or you look out for them, or you do the things in order to feel celebratory. Ah, gosh, that's amazing. Well, Katie, I'm going to let you get back to changing the world. And, <laughs> uh, but before I do, and I would love to have you back on, I'd love, I think mental health and, 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 and all of that needs to be talked about, promoted and, and worked on more than ever. Uh, so I'd love to have you back on and continue to explore it. this topic. And, but before I let you go, right. Part of these conversations is to meet amazing people like you learn from people like you. I have a thirst for learning. That's one of my core values in my life. And um, one of the ways I like to learn is these conversations, but another way is reading books as we were talking about. Um, And I like to read books from people that are and get recommendations from smart, intelligent, cool people. And so I'm interested, what's one of those books that you think everybody should read? Oh gosh. I, I think that one of the greatest books that I've read is Wild by Cheryl Strayed. I think that that is such a beautiful memoir about overcoming challenges, pushing yourselves in, in ways that you, you had never imagined and talk about a growth mindset of really creating a a space and a place for you to, to do something crazy in order to see if it's possible. I love it. I love it. And then the second piece of question I always ask all my guests is, uh, and I got this from the Barron's conference and they always ask their panelists, What's one piece of actionable advice our people should, our, our, our listeners should take away? So I ask you, what's one piece of actionable advice that you think our listeners should take away from our conversation here today? Mm. I'm going to do this as a twofer. It's um, only, I asked for one, but I'll, uh, I'll give you, a, I'll give you I a appreciate that. Two. Well, the twofer is, is that I won't, it's, it's that it's my favorite quote and it's advice, which is the purpose of life is to find your gift. The meaning of life is to give that gift away. That's incredible. That's incredible. I love that. That is uh, an amazing way 
to wrap up this show, this episode. And before we do though, I've got to get our listeners because I'm sure there's going to be tons of people inspired just like I am that want to continue to learn from you and, and get in touch with you and everything of that nature. What is the best way for people to continue to follow everything that you're doing that's amazing in the world? Well, you, probably the best way is just to find me on Instagram um, and LinkedIn. On Instagram, I'm Katie C. McKenna. Um, and that's also my website, which is www.katiecmckenna.com. Amazing. Katie McKenna, you're amazing. You're incredible. Thank you so much for spending time with us here on Bridging the Gap. I hope you have just an amazing rest of your day. And let me know how I can help out. All right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Bridging the Gap. Don't forget to give us a rating and let us know what you think. Central.